0: Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love.
1: Well, welcome back to the Saturday podcast. My name is Oren and I am with David Susan and we have been having a ball discussing excuse the pun discussing his uh, book balls the three secrets of sales success which you can find on Amazon or you can go to his website and get more information at davidsusan.com that's david s u s o n.com and of course david his I'll let him near the end of the podcast share with uh, my listeners some of the things that he is doing I know that he coaches does amazing coaching he's and does a lot of other things as well. So I'll let him share with that near the end of the podcast. But let's get back into this conversation, because I've been really having fun. I've learned so much. I am, I've am. i seen where there's been areas in my life where I've not had, as you mentioned in your first principle, balls, where I've not played balls to the walls. And a lot of times, because I lacked the passion, it wasn't something that I really enjoyed doing. And so I just didn't give my full out. And so we've covered and we've spoken to those, and if if you've missed those podcasts, please go back and listen to them. We try and keep them short for you and get as much, squeeze as much out of this uh, uh, stone, if you would, that we give as much blood out of the stone as we possibly can within the, the the few minutes that we have together. Today... Uh, we're going to cover principle number three in his book, Balls. And the principle is don't drop balls. So, David, welcome again. Thank you for having me, Oren. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to talk about this little principle. So, tell me, David, what does don't drop balls mean? Remind us. We we did mention it earlier, but let's let's, uh,
0: hear it again. Right. Absolutely. So, right. We have the three balls, right? So, top performers have balls. They're fearless. Number two, Top performers play balls to the wall. They're goal-driven. They're inspired. They're motivated. They, they do it. And number three, top performers don't drop balls, meaning they, they, they are their word. They have integrity, mm-hmm. and they do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But they also have a system and a process to make sure they're doing it.
1: Ah, okay. So it is about integrity, and it is about keeping your word. And I also like the whole aspect of process, because if you don't have a process— doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to fall short. You're going to mess up. So let's talk about... Well, let's start with the first one. Integrity, keeping your word. Why is that important? (laughs) I mean, it's so funny. I mean, but, you know, in in today's world and into the news and...
0: I mean, it doesn't come across as important anymore. Well, you know, I I think... What, just in my experience, what I'm saying is it, it's not taught the way it used to be. No. It's not emphasized the way it used to be. People don't talk face-to-face. They no. text. And because communication over text is just a word, it doesn't have the intonation. It doesn't have the emotion. Mm-hmm. And so, it's easier for people to, I hate to say fib or lie, but... Or to, av- But what they do is they avoid, they avoid right. answering a phone, they avoid answering an email right. and then if they have to, they just respond and it's a way for them to hide. And, and I'm going to bring this back full circle back to number one balls,
1: mm-hmm.
0: fearless. Mm-hmm. People who are fearless, they're not afraid to say, I screwed, I messed up. They're not afraid to admit mistakes. They're not afraid to look bad. They're not mm-hmm. afraid that their integrity is going to be questioned. They're not afraid of looking not smart or not reliable. Right. They're not afraid of how they appear. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're they're aloof to it, but they have more confidence about it. What happens is those people tend to have greater integrity, because if they mess up, mm-hmm. they are comfortable and more confident calling you and saying, "Oren, I messed up and I'm sorry." Mm. But most Very people good. today don't have that. No. They're not taught it. They don't have the integrity to do it, or they don't have the balls to do it. Right? Well, why do you think that? Why do you think? Th- I
1: mean, why do you think th- in today's society people tend to be less genuine, less or uh, more fearful of sharing their? Is
0: it? Do you think uh, because of the whole tech stuff, or why What was? I think. I think some of it is the tech stuff. I think. As I mentioned, it's not. I, I don't want to get into the whole breakup of the the, the American family, but right. that that family unit mm. that many people grew up with. You know, both parents, you're sitting around the dinner table, and you talk, right. and you talk about what happened, and you talk about problems and how to solve them. Mm. And it, it was just a different world back then when parents would say, "Hey, if you mess up, you clean it up." Well, now it's, if you mess up, I'll clean it up for you. Mm. And parents are more willing to step in. They don't want their kids to suffer. Now, I'm not saying this is everyone, but I think this is a piece of it. And I do see it more and more that people are more willing to... So, so with younger kids, the parents are more willing to step in. So, it's not teaching the kids how to solve their own problems. Mm. Mm. And they text, they communicate this way... Which I do too. I I love it. I'm not against, I'm a tech guy. But I love picking up the phone. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear the intonation. But if you're afraid of what could go wrong, if you're afraid of how they're going to respond to you, you avoid it. Right. And so it's a lot easier than to totally avoid it, send a text, send an email, and not have that integrity that we're talking about. Right, right.
1: And I and, and I'm sure you've seen this and I've seen this myself, for instance, where I need to get money from somebody or I need to confront somebody about a situation and for instance in a group we had people were didn't want to tell me that they wanted to leave the group so they just disappear and then when you phone them they don't answer the phone you know to talk to them. You know, and it's kind of, and I've seen this over and over again, people will not, they'd rather just slip away and not deal with you face to face and be genuine. And so, right. because people are so used to not communicating effectively in today's and, world.
0: And, you know, you, you look at that and you say, okay, is that is that a form of dropping a ball? Absolutely. Right. But it's also fear. Yes. And they're afraid, you know, we talked about that last week. They're afraid of what could go wrong, how you might respond, how I might look. Maybe I'm going to lose my. It's 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 all that ego. Right. But when people learn to eliminate the fear, so these are so, or and part of the reason I wrote the book is all three of these are so tightly intertwined, Mm -hmm. and it's almost like a three-legged stool. Without one, the the stool tips over. They're so integral. One of the things that that leads to not dropping balls meaning following up doing what you say you're going to do is you have to be willing to put yourself at a little bit of risk and that's being fearless one of the ways that I define uh, confidence let's just talk confidence the confidence to do it people oftentimes think being confident is something you gain. Mm-hmm. I gain confidence, right pounding my chest I'm standoff i 'm oh that person's really confident right. yes. but which what i 've learned from studying so many people is confidence is not what you gain right. it is actually what you lose mm. and you go well what do you mean? what do you lose right. when you eliminate fear right. what remains is confidence mm. I'm going to say it again. When you eliminate fear, what remains is confidence. Think about a very introverted person that you know that's very confident. They're willing to pick up the phone. They're willing to do. They're willing to say. They're willing to ask. They don't have the fear. So they actually, although they're introverted, meaning they're quiet, they're very quiet confident. Mm -hmm. Confidence doesn't have to be over the top. It's not a personality trait. It's having no fear. Or minimizing fear, okay. those are the people who are more willing to be their word, to have the integrity. They're more willing to clean it up when they mess up. Right. They're more willing to pick up the phone. They're more willing to do the thing they said that they would do. Right. And what happens is they 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 don't drop balls as much.
1: Right. Right. So, the second part to this, besides the whole uh, aspect of of integrity, is having
0: processes in place, having different processes. Uh, Expound on that for me a little bit. So, if you are blessed with an amazing memory, Mm -hmm. or you've trained yourself to have a good memory, someone asks you to do something, you probably don't forget to do it. Right. And your integrity says you'll do what you say you would do. Right. Beautiful, right? Done. Yes. That's a small percent of the population I believe. Very small what place. I believe is most people if you don't have a great memory little ADHD you're jumping around a lot you got a lot on your plate then you have to have a system or a process. Mm-hmm. And could that just be a piece of paper? Absolutely. It could be as formal as a to-do app a calendar app for business customer relationship management, mm-hmm. where you track, or it could be a piece of paper, could be an Excel spreadsheet that you type in. Right. It could be you carry around a little notepad with you in your back pocket or or your purse, and you know it's it's the the theory if you think it, ink it. Mm-hmm. If there's an action to do, you write it down. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it to memory. Right. And one of the things that I teach is. I believe the ball should always be in your court. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so we we go we go bowling together, you borrowed money from me because you didn't have your wallet, I pay and you say you're gonna pay me back. Right. And you say, okay, I'll pay you back next week. And I'll call you and I don't hear from you. What oftentimes happens is if I don't have a good memory, mm. I forget about it. Right. And I forget you were supposed to call me on Tuesday or send me the check. Right. And I totally space it out. And you space it out. And now, another week goes by, another week goes by, another week goes by. And how many times, especially the listeners out here, have had a situation where someone owed you something, they borrowed it, they didn't return it, they owe you money, and you're getting mad mm. because they didn't return it. But you forgot about it too. They forgot about it. But you didn't follow up with them. right? And you did not take the initiative... To call them back and say, hey, Oren, just a quick reminder. Hey, remember when bowling? You said you were going to give me that on Tuesday. It's now Wednesday. So that requires two things. Number one, a system or process. Right. And the other is you got to be a little bit fearless to make the call and have the comfort level. Mm. You don't have to be a jerk about it, but call them up and say, hey, you forgot. Right. So the process that I believe is the ball is always in your court. So let's go back to this example. You owe me 10 bucks for bowling. You said you're going to call me on Tuesday. What most people do is the ball is now in Oren's court. That's Mm -hmm. not what I said. I said the ball needs to always be in your court. How? Get a piece of paper out. Oren said Tuesday. You make a note on Wednesday on your calendar. And you have an action item that says if Oren hasn't paid me by today, call him. Right. And now you have an action item. And now you have a process in place. And now you don't have to worry about memory. Okay. Think it, ink it. Right. Anytime you think, I have an action to do, I have a list, I have a to-do, I have a follow-up, uh, someone owes me something, so I, they're returning something, we're supposed to do something, they said they'd call me, put the ball in your court, stick it mm-hmm. on your calendar, put it on a piece of paper, stick it in an Excel spreadsheet, whatever it is. but. Have a better process in place, and then you don't have all these thoughts floating in your head. We get a million things floating around our head right It is so hard to keep it straight. Just get write it out, get on a piece of paper simplify your life that's very good i mean
1: i I do that with my my books, and I never used to do it, and I know there's been some great ideas of different books that I wanted to write. That I didn't write down, and they were gone, and now I've been every time something goes, I go straight to my i my phone and put it in my notes and put it down. but let's get practical, maybe throw a little bit of a a wrench here in the works in the sense that okay, that's fine and dandy. Have a process, but knowing maybe there'll be people listeners out there that are kind of like me that they're not disciplined or didn't grow up doing that type of thing. Maybe give some practical advice on how could somebody actually teach themselves to be able to do that, to get their processes. Because a lot of people don't think that way. They're more pie in the sky, they're creative, their heads everywhere, except where it needs to be. And they say, oh man, writing stuff down, I have to carry a pad with me, I have to carry, you know, I hate doing that. It's so formal. It's so formal. Speak to me on maybe some practical things, and also maybe some, uh, because sometimes pain is one of our best teachers, yeah. the pain of not having those processes, the the
0: benefits of having and the pain of not having. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Baby steps, number one, right? J- just start with the simplest thing. Maybe it is every day you wake up and you write down on a piece of paper one thing you want to do today. That's it. One thing you want to accomplish in the day, that's it. It might be, mm. I'm going to go shop. I'm going to go make a phone call. I'm mm. going to do that. one thing, baby step. So that, number one, you get in the habit of making, writing it down or making a list or having a process. Wow. And number two, you start showing success so that you have a personal win and you go, I did it. Look, I actually did. I, I, I got done what I said I would do and I actually wrote it down. So I think these baby steps. The other thing is we, we have to create a new habit and we don't break old habits. We create new ones. Mm. So one way to do it is we talked about this earlier. It could be at affirmations. Right. It could be a visualization of you doing it. It could just be thinking about how great will it be if I don't, if I don't drop balls anymore. How great would it be if I actually followed it, remembered to do what I said I would do? How great would it be if I remembered all the things that people, my book ideas? Right. How great would that be? So again, goes back to a previous thing we talked about is you're pulled, you, you, you have something that excites you that gives you a reason to start being a little more organized or goal oriented or process driven. Right. And I think you got to give yourself a, a reason, but none of this. I'm not saying any of this is easy, and I'm not no. saying I'm an expert at it. Right. I mean, I got, I got, man, I don't always do it. But what we try to do is, we're all human. Right. No one's perfect. Right. We're human. You try to do the best we can, mm. and that's why I say, you know what, baby steps, yes. just a little bit. But you got to reward yourself. Mm. You got to start praising yourself for when you do it right. Right. And what I found is if you do a little bit consistently mm-hmm. until that becomes habit, then I would add more to your plate. Right. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they try to go too much. They try to do too over the top. I am to to yeah. Overwhelmed. I'm going to buy this new system and I'm going to do <laughs> this. And, and they do it one day and the second day, they think back to the first day and go, oh my goodness, there's, I can't do that again. That was too much. Yes. So, what do they do? nothing. Yes. And now they're building the habit of starting, mm. they're, they're building the habit that says, I start but I don't finish. Right. We don't want that. What we want is, I start and I complete. Right. So keep it simple.
1: And I if Even I love, if it's
0: once a week instead of not even once a day.
1: Yeah. My wife always tells me, and she got it from someone, but she says, imperfect action always trumps perfect inaction. It's, it's so true, is do something. Just that one little thing. Because it might be imperfect, but it's action. It's moving you forward. A body in motion stays, stays in, in motion, motion, right? So start the action. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think one of the biggest areas and uh, mistakes in my life is I've always limited myself to doing something because when I want to do something, I'm a kind of a little bit of a perfectionist in that. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. I've got to have all the right tools. I've got to have all the right processes in place. Everything must be done before I make that first step. And I think I've used that as we've been speaking here for the last while. Fear has a big part to
0: play in it. I was going to say, it all comes back to fear.
1: Yeah, it comes back to not having balls and and not stepping forward. So I I use that as an excuse. Uh, It better be perfect before I do it, and then I never do it. But what really drove that in the beginning was the whole aspect of I was actually too afraid to do it yeah. and fail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, rather try and fail than never try, you know, another cliche. But it's so it's so true. So true. It's so true. So, yeah, that is uh, absolutely so important what you're saying. So to sum it up, to finish it, I'd ask you a question, and I don't think you've if you've given me the answer yet, wh- what are some of the pain of not doing? What's some of the pain of dropping balls, not having processes in place, not keeping your integrity? Have you seen it in your life? Have you seen it in others? Have you seen what the the effects of dropping balls does to someone?
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, from an integrity standpoint, it's you, you're not doing what you say you'll do, right? And so then people don't trust you; they can't rely on you; they don't have confidence in you. Mm. Think of the the best employees are the ones where someone asks them to do it, and they know it'll always be done mm. because they trust them. But then there's those other people that are like, I don't know if I could ask him to do it or her to do it because it may not get done. So they don't have confidence in you, right. which obviously is going to limit promotions and raises and new, in, from a career perspective. Right. In our relationships, it's a relationship issue. If I if I can't trust you, right, it takes a lot for me to regain that trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do right. or that anytime you tell me something, I can trust you. Mm. So. As soon as we break that trust or that integrity, it it really affects our lives in so many ways. Right. In the business realm, you know, a customer asks you to follow up and do something, you drop the ball. Right. How much are they going to trust you? How right. much are they going to trust that when they actually hire you or purchase from your company that they can trust that you're going to be there for them? I'm they just can't. thinking of. I'm just thinking
1: of that. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just thinking of we've had such an experience with contractors or people in our town that we live where we would phone them and we would ask them to come in and do quotes or come in and do the garden or they would come in and and never follow up and it's like do people need business because they will come in and they will do that they will they might give you the quote but then you phone and you phone and you phone and they never get back to you or they just don't show up to do the quote and it feels almost like they don't need your
0: business or they're dropping or they're dropping the ball you're right or they have fear that something is—it's—it's—it's—they—they they all go together.
1: And the sad thing is, they drop the ball now, and then when they need business later on, they've—they've they've created a, a mindset from, from clients that now won't go to them when they need those clients. And
0: that—that goes back to the pain you talked about. Yes, that the risk is you—you you lose your relationships, you impact your job, you impact so many different areas of your life. Right. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you, David. Uh, We're going to conclude this podcast next week with David Susan. I've got a few more questions that I want to ask him. But once again, uh, remember, uh, we've been talking to David Susan with his book, Balls, The Three Secrets of Sales Success. And you can visit David on his website at davidsusan.com. That's David. Susan, S-U-S-O-N.com and find out more about David and find out about his book. His book's available on Amazon. But we're going to finish up next week and talk to David about a few more things. So looking forward to hearing from next week. Thank you, David, for uh,
0: the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website, at OrenRudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash